0: Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. woo Big Show, 97.5, 1280
1: The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of uh, your day, no matter how you're listening to us, online, on our app, over the air, or maybe we're speaking to people in the future, Gordon, because they have downloaded our podcast, which you can do, uh, go to your favorite podcast catcher, search in The Big Show, and, uh, and uh, enjoy. I suppose. Subscribe. uh, Get all of our interviews, all of our hours, all of our content right there to your phone. Give that a listen. Apparently, guys are
2: keeping score, so let's get some. Uh, let's get some folks uh, checking that
1: out. Well, it's good. Uh, we made some changes in our podcasting recently, so it's good to get the word out and, and direct folks. It used to be that um, if you subscribed to twelve eighty the Zone or, or the Zone Sports Network, more accurately, you'd get everything that we did on the station, which was kind of overwhelming to some folks. So we divided it, kind of, so you can subscribe to the different shows and uh, and get those. I I would recommend you subscribe to everybody. But specifically, uh, search out The Big Show. Give us a, give us a, a subscription and uh, enjoy. Here, here. Yeah.
2: Hey, uh, did you see this story about, uh, uh, you know, I would just like to throw out tidbits at the start of the show. By the way, I'm in a lot better mood today than I was yesterday. Were you in a bad mood oh, yesterday? I was in a bad mood. What was going on? I didn't notice. Oh, I was grumpy. You didn't notice? You seemed okay to me. Uh, I was grumpy. But anyway, so I apologize. Any particular uh, reason why? No, you're I, you know, it's one of those things. I, I'm not a moody person, but I was just—I uh, was just. What's the word? Um, I don't even know the word. I was it a bad mood? Okay. So I apologize for that.
1: Well, I didn't even notice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does
1: that say? You you usually are. Uh, I've got to say the the model of consistency when it comes to uh, you you show up for the show ready to go and in good spirits. I would say uh, most all no, of the time, maybe,
2: but not yesterday.
1: So I feel I feel uh,
2: rejuvenated and a lot better today. So sorry if any of our listeners.
1: Thought I was in an angry mood yesterday, but was So um, what's different today? You just woke up on the right side of the is, bed, or, good. or, or, or what? because yeah. you, you've got a smirk on your face. No, like something, no, 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 no. It's something like, like that. Something. No. Specifically no, has put no, you.
2: No, 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 no. no. Into well. a good
1: mood. <laughs>
2: like what are you suggesting, Jake?
1: Oh, I'm not suggesting anything. No. It's just usually I when- thought, uh, I thought you were waiting
2: for me to usually tell when, you about some kind of good thing that happened to me this Well, morning.
1: usually when I'm in a good mood, there are uh, one, maybe two or three major contributing factors, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And in other words, you have reasons for your discontent. For when I'm in a bad mood right. or, or for my happiness when I'm in a good mood and I'm just asking if there's anything, you know- Specifically, no. Just woke, that has that has put you the, in a good mood.
2: Woke up on the right side of the bed.
1: What does that mean? I, I by the, the way, I believe the bed. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to put the brakes on that joke before it goes. I was waiting for something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was inappropriate. A little uh, Chester uh,
2: moment there for Jake Scott.
1: Chester making an appearance this morning. But, no,
2: I'm in a good mood. But did you see this story about Nick Saban, how he was tempted to go to Texas after he won his third national championship?
1: I did see that.
2: Texas, what? Texas said no? (laughs) What did Texas say? Explain that to me. What happened there? if Nick Saban wants to come coach your football team, don't
1: you say uh, right this way, sir? Not when you're as arrogant as Texas is. Because Mack Brown had his problems. Yeah, we saw them up close and personally at, uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So uh, yeah, this is uh... Saban reached out to them. I
2: uh, how do you how do you not make a move on that? Hmm. I mean, that's like the Knicks saying they didn't want to try to court Kevin Durant.
1: It's not like they didn't have the money. You're the University of Texas. You've got more money than everybody. So explain that. I don't know. Arrogance. That's what I'm telling you. He's not one of us. Well, what was the justification or one of the justifications that, well, this this all stems from an interview, by the way, with a major Texas booster who was kind of throwing right. out some of all the right. some of the dirt uh-huh. and he was involved in that. this whole thing. But they were saying he was just a, a temporary fix that he would never stay, you know, for the long haul. How or do they whatever. know that? I mean- well, and, and who cares, by the way? <laughs> Yeah, talking about this come stuff. in and <laughs> rattle off some national titles, and you yes. got a problem with that? Oh, we wouldn't want that. Look, if you're
2: going to come in and win four national titles in a row and then leave, nah, we no thanks. Ah, get your sorry carcass out of here. You know, people we don't want that. It's like we've been talking about with the Jazz, how they seem to have ad- adopted this new idea: win now. It more reminds me of. George Allen, way back in the day, remember? Well, this was way back before you guys' time, but maybe you've heard of it. The, the saying, "The future is now." That's what he went out and got a bunch of veteran players to win now. And so many people are so concerned about what about tomorrow? What yeah. about tomorrow that they never
1: win today? And I'm usually one of those people, by the way.
2: I, I like to be like picture. to squirrel away some nuts, but and, that's uh, a- you know, uh, you know, just sort of plan for the future.
1: Right? Yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly that. But especially in the NBA, not to, to get off on too big of a tangent, but that's that's becoming less and less of a thing. Yeah. I mean, well, way except that, for Oklahoma City. Well you but you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And when the time is right for OKC to really put the chips back into the middle of the table, I I'm sure that'll happen. Just like we saw it happen with the Clippers and we saw it happen with the Lakers. So do you think that the Clippers will one day greatly regret giving up all those draft picks. I don't, no, because I I think they will win now. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, One day they're going to feel the effects of it. Yeah. But it depends on on what happens in the near future, whether or not that's worth it, right? The problem with this whole mentality is that it seems to be a mentality
2: that can get some people in trouble. And I'm talking about in their personal lives. They think, okay, I'm going to go out and buy that Ferrari today. And I'm going to bankrupt. I'm going to mortgage my future because I want it now or
1: some other, you know, some other thing. Well, most of us can't, you know, even dream about a Ferrari. But, yeah, I think I get what I, you're saying. You know what I'm saying.
2: Now. I want it now. I don't want to save up for it. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, to, to do it to, you know, pay cash or anything like that. I just want to. I want it now. Why? Because I do. That's sort of the mentality that's taken over the NBA. Of course, I think you got to be in a position because you're going to do that, then you better be able to drive the Ferrari, you know because if you can't drive it, then what a waste. Back to the Ferrari. Yeah. Okay. See, because if you can't drive it well, then why get it at all? Same thing. Like if the Jazz weren't really uh, didn't have a quality foundation already, mm-hmm. then going out and making the moves they're making now, it would it would like they'd be hitting the top of the trees instead of you now know, we're on the trees for the stars. You got to be able to drive the car. So it would be you know some people. Have fancy cars and you think, you know, like a race car.
0: And, or your car. And,
2: and you think, well, what, what a waste because uh, dude can't drive it. Oh, I never think that. Yeah. That's the only reason to get a nice car is to drive it. Uh-huh. And and I have a to nice car. And, and, and to show off to your neighbors. No, no and, nobody cares. Yeah, uh-huh. Nobody cares. Only people who care when anybody drives around here are you guys giving me a hard time. But, you know, neighbors don't care. Your friends don't care. You know, so, so why spend a bunch of time trying to impress people who don't care?
1: Well, I think now it's time you put your money where your mouth is. I think you need to go pry off the name brand stuff off your car, and I want you to, I want you to tape, you know, just any normal car brand on there and see how it goes. Just, it, it, I'll trade you. You can have my Hyundai stuff, and just put it right there on your car. Well, see, here's the thing, and here's the proof that I don't care what anybody thinks
2: because my my badging. On my car is blacked out, so you can't even see it. Oh, you can't, can you? Can't even see it. Oh. You know, <laughs>
1: nobody pe- knows. People probably think I'm driving, you know, a Kia or something. I I don't think people think that. I I don't. But your analogy was impressive because you worked in cars, trees, and stars into the very same point. Well, I well, mean, it works. nobody can navigate through several analogies at once. Like my good friend Gordon well, Monty.
2: Think about it. We think about what the Jazz are doing right now.
1: If they didn't if they couldn't go fast, if they if they
2: weren't capable of driving fast, then why buy a fast car?
1: I think everyone's capable of driving no, fast. I, no, I, I No, think, no, I no, no, everybody no. Can,
2: everyone thinks they can, but everyone can't. I think and everybody
1: it's, could, could it's important
2: put to know, that foot on the gas pedal. You know, a man's got to know his limitations. I see. And a woman too. So you, you got to know what you're doing. And that's what the Jazz did. They, they, they looked at what they had. They didn't do anything last year. And they looked at what they had and they said, okay, this is good. Dennis Lindsay said this. This is good. It's not great. How can, how can it be great? Because they were in a position to be great. It's not like some other teams. Like, Well, most of the other teams that made bold moves were pretty good already. I think they're following the same philosophy. The, the Clippers were pretty good just not great the the nets were pretty good just not great so the the lakers
1: on the other hand were bad you know but they're the lakers should we officially get to the split story of the day and and talk about some of this stuff because dennis lindsey made some comments and that can kind of springboard or, or or further this conversation you ready okay talon who's filling in for austin austin off to the movies this afternoon mr movie is uh watching some Movie Zone Thursday, uh, Thursday, Saturdays and Sundays here on the Zone Radio Network. Talent filling in, talent hit it.
0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, the Zone hit it. and the Zone Sports Network.
1: All right, uh, Gordon. We were sitting here yesterday, and we have a, a television monitor here in the studio, and the Jazz Summer League game was up there. We didn't. Have the audio on, obviously, but we did see Dennis Lindsay sit down on the broadcast yeah, on yeah. ESPN2. What he was watching was pretty sloppy, but that's all right. Well, I mean, that's that's Summer League, yeah, yeah across the board. Mm-hmm. Sloppy play, sloppy, sloppy uh, refereeing, I mean, the whole thing is is a little bit less than ideal. But it is fun, nonetheless. But anyway, Dennis uh, had this to say about Mike Conley, and this kind of plays into the conversation we're having right now, Gordon. He said, quote, we want to take the next step, Rudy being 27. Donovan is 22, but it feels like he's much more mature uh, than that at his age. So we wanted to compete at the highest level. We thought Mike's precision skill, leadership, he's a real accelerator. Yeah, I
2: I know that that's the way they feel. They think he's mentally tough. They think he can be a
1: coach on the floor, and uh, all that stuff, I agree with him. I mean... The word accelerator really stood out to me uh, that kind of plays into this conversation like that we're talking about. Like throwing gas on the fire? Yeah, I mean, just a, a, a move that really does take you to the next level. And, you know, we you can name that next level whatever you want, whether it's contention or, or, or whatever, but the Jazz are a much better team with Mike Conley than Ricky Rubio, and no offense to Ricky Rubio, but Mike's a much better player. Yeah and a much better fit for what the Jazz actually need at that, that, at that position. So, you know, you look at the, the West landscape and how well the Jazz did the last couple of years, and you think, okay, with a move like Mike Conley that's an accelerator, that's, I think, what really inspires a lot of enthusiasm amongst Jazz fans, because you can see that. You can see that potential that he could accelerate them to be, you know, in contention for the Western Conference.
2: How's the saying go? A rising tide lifts all boats? Lifts all boats. No, it doesn't really fit because the jazz, it's not like there's a relationship one with the other as far as the the, uh, eventuality of it. But the jazz, even though the West got better, the jazz got better and better positioned than they
1: were before when the West wasn't as good. I don't did, actually you stumbled on something that's uh, that's kind of intriguing Gordon. Did the West get better or did it just shift a little bit? Because the Golden State Warriors were the the yeah. brick wall yeah, in front of true. everybody for a real long time and now that wall is is gone. And the Clippers and the Lakers look like they've gotten better, and they look good. And Denver, I think, has gotten a little better, and you can certainly make that argument. But there's not that brick wall at the end of the right, road that right. there's actually been over the past yeah, several re, seasons. Yeah,
2: it was redistributed. Right. Uh, distributed a little
1: differently. So tougher might be bring, accurate, but different. Bringing Kawhi Leonard over,
2: as you were talking about, Paul George coming over uh, from, uh, from uh, the East. He was already in the West, though, Paul George. Oh, that's right. Uh, But uh, who else came over? There were a few others that came over. So, anyway, I I just think... Bojan.
1: Yeah, he should be talked about. He came over from the East, did he not? I know that's not what you were talking about. No, but but it works. Uh
2: Uh, So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the Jazz uh, kept pace and uh, did accelerate to a better spot, even though uh, there are more good teams Uh, in the West than there were last year. And it it was out of balance a year ago, but it it got even more that way, even though the Warriors have taken a step back. So i got to give the Jazz credit. I I think they made what what would be considered for them bold, bold moves uh, to position themselves for contention. And really, what more can a fan ask for? I mean, the Jazz aren't going to sign Kawhi Leonard. You know, maybe something like that can
1: happen at some time in the
2: future, but today isn't that
1: day. And I know this isn't the the vibe that we're kind of talking about, but the Jazz also weren't didn't make really any reckless moves. Um, I mean, you could say Bogdanovich's contract might feel a little long at the end, but. By no means do I think that I was reckless. the The price tag on Mike Conley is pretty high, but there's only two years left on the deal, which is almost ideal because you know you have him for a couple right. of seasons. Even though it's it's at that high price tag, you can afford it. So I don't think like uh, trading for Chris Paul and promising him a max contract like Houston did that that's a real high risk, high reward kind of thing. Yeah, and and Houston is really going to regret that before it's over unless they can somehow move off it now which i don't think that they can do they're, they're really they're going stuck. To, i mean so so the jazz did take some risks don't get me wrong but it it didn't feel like they were real reckless moves like that either the rewards were worth it yeah worth and the downside it. in if yeah. l- let's say mike conley you know for for whatever reason and knock on wood you can think of whatever reason you doesn't 100% work out you know, for the for the Jazz in this team, they might not be as good as they possibly could be, but they're not sinking the ship either. Right, 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 right. That's a, a real. It's nice thing because if good things happen,
2: then the Jazz might want to renew that. You right, know? and he might want to as well if those good things are happening, and if if uh, negative things happen, then yeah, your cost isn't that great. Which but, is- it, but in the meantime, you are building on something that is. Congruent with the uh, with the situations that the jazz stars are currently in, and that's what Dennis Lindsey was getting at in the first place. Right. And you're Donovan, saying... Donovan Mitchell is ready to move forward now. He needs help. They got him that help. Rudy Gobert. That the Jazz were. I, I don't really call them stagnant last year, but they really weren't all that much better.
1: So now no, they, they were better. Now they are. In fact, it was pretty much it was pretty much exactly the same. In fact, had the Jazz not run up against the Rockets, I think they would have probably been a second round and out team. Yeah, just like they they, they were that. the year before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I do think you send a message to Donovan Mitchell specifically, but Donovan and Rudy, that the the club's going to make. The club's going to make the investments that yeah. are necessary to, to give them, hopefully, what they're looking for and what they want.
2: Well, think about that. If you're, if you're if one of those two players and the Jazz, the people who are running the team that you're on are not making an effort or not completing an effort to make your situation uh, more championship worthy, then you would have to look around and say, what am I busting my hump for in the offseason trying to get better if my team isn't getting better? or getting me the kind of help I need right. to accomplish my goals. And I believe those guys. I believe Rudy Gobert. I believe Donovan Mitchell when they talk about winning championships, which they did before last season and during the season. So this is on their minds. It's not just some sort of thing where Rudy Gobert is saying, well, I'm making 20-some million dollars, whatever it is, and I'm just going to talk about a championship because it's – a good thing to do. No, he really means it. He really wants it. He's hungry for it. We know that's the way Donovan Mitchell is wired, and that is the best way to keep those guys engaged with this particular franchise. I
1: want to remind you about our friends at Ivory Homes, Utah's number one home builder. Ivory Homes brings experience, quality, and design to every home and community they build. Learn more at ivoryhomes.com. Coming up right around the corner... Our good friend Gordon took, the, uh, took the, the G5 down to Vegas today and came back with fresh odds on college football. Amazing how you can do that in just a morning, really. Well, I told you I had a good morning. So. We'll, go, <laughs> we'll go over those. Coming up next, stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The
0: Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Steve Cleveland. So what do you think of the Jazz's addition? See, they got Bogdanovich and Conley, but I'm talking about Moutier and Jeff Green. I really like it. It gives them depth. If I were to rank the teams right now, I'd probably go with the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz. It's my top three teams. I like the Jazz. I think that they're now equipped to beat Houston. And I don't think we need to forget Houston because that whole team's coming back and probably pretty motivated as well. But I like the Jazz at the three spot, Houston at the four, and Denver at the five. Bye. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Friday night, I'm going nowhere. All the lights are changing, green to red. Band of the day today, David
1: Gray, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at livenation.com. Also want to remind you, the comedi- uh, comedians Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan coming to USANA Amphitheater this summer for one night only, Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets will go on sale uh, to the general public starting Saturday, July 13th at 10 o'clock a.m. Any particular inspiration for David Gray
2: today, Gordon? No, I just like him. All right. I mean, I know. When was David Gray really popular? Was it like 15 years ago? I don't know. But listen to this tune. Is this not a good song? Yeah, it's good.
1: Very have, kinda, you, have you heard it before? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's got a very summery vibe to it, though. I like it. Good job, man. Yeah, I, I like it. All right, Gordon, we have some updated odds coming out of Las Vegas about uh, conference champions in college football. I thought it'd be fun to, to go through a few of these and, uh, and see what you think. Sure, let's do it. Okay, Utah has the third best odds, or worst odds, I guess, depending on how you look at it, uh, to win the, uh, the Pac-12, Gordon. Oregon comes in at 9-4, to Washington at 9-4, to then Utah... At fifteen to four, followed by Washington State at seventeen to two, USC at nine to one, Stanford twenty to one, Arizona twenty one to one, Arizona State twenty five to one, Cal twenty five to one, UCLA thirty three to one, or or uh, excuse me, Colorado eighty to one, and Oregon State. You can get uh, get smart money going on the Beeves at one hundred to one. I don't know how smart that would be,
2: but. I who's the best when you consider the odds which one do you think is the best way to go even though we're not encouraging people to bet but certainly you can game if you want to but I
1: I think you could put some smart money on Utah not that not that the odds are particularly great for a for a payout per se but I would put Utah's champion uh, chances at winning the title ahead of Washington's I know that's I know a lot of people might not agree with that, but Washington is replacing so much, and the North is more difficult than the South. There are more games to lose up North than there is down South. All you got to do is get to that title game. Especially when you look at the teams that
2: Utah doesn't have to play this year. Including Oregon. Right. And so, uh, a couple questions about this. The first one is, uh, do, do they set odds like this Based on the way they think the money is going to go, yes, as opposed to we've talked uh, about how the Utes are getting really nice reviews around the country. Phil Steele, for instance, has the Utes uh, ranked eighth in his preseason poll. Um, so is this a reflection that your average better out there isn't going does not
1: appreciate Utah for where the program is now, essentially, right. That, I mean that's how odds work. They want to get balance. the they money. want to balance the money as best they can so they can just take their 10% off the top and call it a day.
2: So cuz when I look at that I think I think Utah is every bit as good as the teams that have better odds or, or worse or more are more likely according to the odds to win the conference championship. So that's a reflection of something. I I, I just have the suspicion that Utah is better than what the public thinks it is. I would agree with that. I'm not talking about necessarily football experts. No, you're talking people about who study this for a living or make a regular habit of, of reviewing the programs. I'm just talking about your your average football fan around the country. It sometimes it takes years to build that up
1: beyond what you have to be good for a while the Utes are better than what America thinks they are well I think that's why Washington for example has better odds to to win the league than Utah does because the Huskies have a a more recognizable name established in football even though Washington went through some really lean years there for a while when Utah was pretty good consistently but Washington still has a national championship and Washington still is Washington quarterback you at one point is
2: it just because the Utes haven't done it yet and if you haven't done it yet then that's uh,
1: they're going to penalize you for that because doing it the first time you have to show people I think it's because they spent so many years not in a, a glory conference I mean it's about like brand awareness that sort of thing right that could be it and so you know whereas Washington has played in the pac Ten pack eight whatever, uh, forever. You know they've been on that big stage, Rose Bowl, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for a, for a long, long time. Whereas you know, the Mountain West football is certainly a big deal around here, but it's it's far more regional than than being in one of the major conferences. You
2: know, I, I think there is some 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 something to that, but I think that the fact that the Utes haven't done it is every bit as hefty.
1: Okay, because no one has seen them do it. Yeah, but what the it's Utes like, have done show is show me, is, prove is, it to me. But yeah. the Fiesta and Sugar Bowl years, I mean, yeah. those should absolutely carry some weight. Those are major accomplishments. True. True. And you would think that that would, that would have sort of rang the bell well, across and, America. And the Utes have the third best odds to, to win the league. That's yeah, no, no, not but, like not not the dog beat here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So, I, I mean, it's not like they're not getting any sort of respect from the uh, general gambling public out there. But you know if i were handicapping this not based on cutting the money in in uh, evenly but based on what i'd actually predict i'd put utah ahead of washington for the reasons i talked about earlier the two things that we were talking about i think
2: maybe related you know winning conference championships in a conference that commands some respect mm-hmm. and uh, because you look at what think of a program that is just really charged forward and broken through uh, in a way that uh, people did not expect.
0: Clemson.
1: I, Clemson. But they were already playing in a major conference. They were, but I mean, they were, you know, average at best in that major conference for a long, long time. And but now, but now you, they're the the most dominant program in the country. But to your point, the fact that
2: they had been part of a conference in the past had uh, probably boosted them, gave, gave, them, gave them notoriety. Them more boost. Right. Yeah. Uh, and an example of a team
1: that uh, wasn't in that kind of situation would be Boise State. But yet, Boise—they're replacing uh, uh, some pieces up there too. And yet, you look at their odds for the the Mountain West Conference Championship. They're at ten to eleven. Yeah. Dread. Oh well. I mean, uh, you have to bet more money than you get in return if you if they win it all. I mean, Boise isn't that kind of shoe in to win the Mountain West Conference anymore. No way. No way. But yet, they've got that reputation at that level that, you know, Vegas or, or certainly your average degenerate gambler out there is, is going to just assume Boise is going to win the Mountain West Conference because they're Boise and that's what they do. Whereas I'd certainly put Fresno, San Diego State, and possibly Utah State on the same level as, as Boise as far as odds to. And, and actually. Um, Again, Utah State hasn't done it yet. Right. And Utah State, that 8
2: to 1. So again, four best odds, yeah, yeah respectable, but uh, not uh, at the top. So I, I, that's an interesting conversation. I, I I think sometimes it does take a while for the message to get across to your rank and file out there. But Clemson is a great example. I mean, they have blown straight through that. Yep, and I think people, when when if you asked your average football fan around the country. Who uh, the two top teams
1: in the country? I think most people would say Clemson and Alabama, don't you? Yep, absolutely. And, well, to your point that it takes time. Think, let's think back into history. I mean, it took you know decades for Lavelle Edwards to establish his legacy and bring BYU to where you know it it was at its height as far as reputation goes. Uh, Florida State wasn't very good right until Bobby Bowden built right. that program. Uh-huh. And so he, how long did it take? Florida State to gain the reputation that that it ultimately has gotten. I mean, although decades. Burt Reynolds was a was a flanker on
2: uh, for the uh, Seminoles. The so, I mean, that probably carried some weight. Or not. Were the teams any good? Probably not. It, you're right. That's a good example. Florida State, it took a long time yep. for the Noles to get the kind of uh, recognition that you're talking about. I just... If if the Utes can break through and win championships, then if they did that two years in a row, I I think people would look at Utah, and by people, I'm talking about that casual fan out there. I think people would understand, wow, okay, now that's a program that has arrived. And they haven't done it yet. It's it's a good quality program, and it's better than what people think it is, in my opinion. I'm just guessing. Mm -hmm. But – I and I to the credit to the Utes that they've been able to do that. So now they got to do
1: what Bum Phillips said: kick the door in. Only he he added an expletive, I think. And keep it up. Uh, I mean, Utah has been very consistent. Uh, throughout the last, I mean, uh, since Ron McBride. They've been consistently good, occasionally great, and if they could do that at the Pac-12 level where they have a couple of great years, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe that starts to change the conversation a little bit as far as, you know, a program from a national standpoint. Yeah,
2: at the level that they're at now. Right. Because I was, it's funny, I saw, I was just talking to someone the other day, and up on the wall they had uh, a Utah banner, and it had the two undefeated seasons, and those are impressive accomplishments, you, you know, and that was yep. back when they were in the Mountain West. But now you gotta if you, you got to do something like that in the Pac-12, just uh, PAC right. like you said, because there's a whole lot of people out there who think the way you do, Jake, and that is that uh, these other conferences are just sort of window dressing. They're not really to be respected.
1: Well, you You, are right about. You've been strong on that for for as long as I've known you. You are right about my snobbishness. Mm -hmm. And you are right that that programs will, or programs, people will look at those two years and say, well, yeah, I mean, in the mountain worst. Yeah, who'd they play? Right. right. And whether that's that's, uh, relevant or not is a different argument for a different day. But you know, people still point at that. You get it done at the Pac 12 level. I mean, heaven forbid you break into the college football playoff, which certainly would be very difficult. But, I mean, then, you know, how do you point at that and go, well, you did it at the Pac-12 level. I mean, come on. Who's got a bigger name across the
2: college landscape? Okay. University of Utah football or
1: Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer. That's not even close. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. So what Urban was doing at Utah benefited
1: him more than it did the Utes? Now, there is an interesting question. I would say no. I would say that that relationship was really mutually beneficial because Urban coming in here took the program to a different level. It did and laid the groundwork for some stuff that they still do up there today, like the must, for example. You know, certain infrastructure stuff and the way that they, they do their practices and things like that. With, uh, coach Witt kept a lot of what, what Urban did.
2: So what does that say about Kyle Whittingham that Urban has created – I mean, I understand he's accomplished some terrific things as far as real benchmarks go in winning national championships at various places. But uh, I, I think this is the reason I thought that Urban Meyer should not be allowed to, to coach – the Utes in that bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl, because I thought it would benefit him more than it would the Utah football program because the cameras were going to be on him the whole time. So I didn't think he should be involved. That was just me. Now that sounds like something like Bo Schimbeckler did. Remember, I want a Michigan man to coach my team. I honestly
1: think that that Coach Whittingham is smart enough to realize that if 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 something works, you're going to take it. <laughs> you're going to use it, right? But and, but it didn't. It doesn't. doesn't really help the Utah
2: football program for the spotlight to be on Urban Meyer.
1: No, I know. But but I guess what I'm talking about is okay. For example, I asked Kyle Whittingham after they beat BYU. In 2008, and were on their way to—I don't think we knew at the time—but they were on their way to a BCS Bowl, right? Which eventually was a Sugar Bowl. And I asked Coach Whit if he felt like this undefeated season got him out of Urban Meyer's shadow. And what he say? his answer to it was, he didn't ever think he was in Urban Meyer's shadow. That he talks to Urban all the time, and he feels like that Urban was a big part of the program, and he more or less is, was just carrying it on, and it was kind of his own thing. But Urban Meyer was was a part of it. I thought it was, and I. Obviously not quoting it word for word, but that was kind of the gist. He kind so, of said he, didn't, he never thought he was in Urban's shadow.
2: So the reason that Kyle Whittingham is not mentioned among the top ten coaches across America is because the program has not accomplished uh, or achieved
1: what would be worthy to put him in that group. Mm, uh, yeah. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's probably yeah. accurate, don't you think? It, it's time. It is time for the Utes to
2: break through. And, I, and we talked about this the other day that uh, – who was it who said it would take them 25 years? Wilner. Well, John Wilner said that. Uh, it, it, it's What's it been? How many years? Nine? What's it been? Eight? How many years have the Utes been? In uh, didn't
1: well, they officially get in in 2010? 2010? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's time, in my opinion. They have built themselves up to the point where they have the quality of athletes – they they have good coaching they have every the, the university itself is worthy of it everything is worthy uh in place for them to do it now they just have to do it and they have to prove it i get that you got to show people and maybe byu fans or the utah state fans going oh you're giving utah too much attention too much credit oh i i think they've they've earned that credit, but to get to that point where they are among the elite, man, you got to win conference championships, and that's what they haven't done at the at this in the uh, in this realm that you uh, where you only give respect, and that's uh, amongst the major conferences.
1: Uh, I can't remember if we mentioned it, but Utah State eight to one to win the Mountain West Conference behind Boise at ten to eleven. Uh, Fresno it, yeah. four to one, and, and San Diego State nine to two. So just we wondering.
2: did mention it, but uh, Utah has some holes. I mean, Utah State has some holes to plug too. Yep. So, but they've got themselves one heck of a
0: quarterback up there.
1: All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve eighty of the Zone.
0: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
1: If I wear a flat bill hat, I look like a train conductor. <laughs> not, I do.
2: Seriously. It looks, All aboard for fun. It just doesn't look right. You're conducting the train at the zoo. Yeah. Right. to ahead. Kids, and peek over to the left. We have the uh, giraffe over there. It's not, you can't see it right now.
1: Yes, oh.
0: he's been tranquilized.
2: Oh, to the right over here. Uh, well, we used to have two lions. Now we only have one. Don't ask questions about how yes, that Yes, they're asleep. And then over here with this area, uh, there used to be two of these and now there's three of them, and uh, don't ask how that happened either. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us here. Please exit to the right.
0: Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Take it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Network.
1: Big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making this part of your day. Want to remind you, tune into the Tour of Utah podcast at 1280TheZone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to catch all the action for the upcoming Tour of Utah. Gordon, uh, we got into some news toward the end of the show yesterday, but didn't really have all the details. Thought uh, We do now, and I thought I'd run this by you. Uh, coaches now are going to be able to challenge in the NBA this year. You want to go through how this thing's going to work? Yeah, tell me, because we did mention it, like you said.
2: We wondered how the details would uh, work out.
1: All right, so coaches will get one challenge per game, regardless of whether the challenge is successful or not. Okay. So only one per game, that's it. So they don't get another one if they're always right. Right. Uh, Teams must have a timeout remaining to request a challenge and must call for it immediately after the reviewable event takes place. Uh, Here's how they're going to signal for it, Gordon. They'll twirl his or her index finger toward the referee to signal for the challenge. All right. Now, I've
2: done this to you before, but I'm going to do it to you again. Uh Uh-oh. And all our listeners. Everybody out there right now. Oh no, let's not do this. Do this carefully, but everybody, twirl. Talent, do it. Twirl your finger, twirl your finger around, and this is the signal for the
1: challenge—a coach's challenge. All right. Now, only a coach can do this. Correct. Well, 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 <laughs> well you're doing it right now. Well, no, no, I mean like, but only a coach can do it. Has the authority getting, to yes. actually initiate the challenge. I think so. Because yeah. you'll have so many players just once something happens, start
2: doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody do it. You're doing it. Knock, knock. Go ahead, Talon. Who's there? <laughs> yeah. Yahoo. <laughs> okay, if you say Yahoo, will that get the attention of the referees too? I don't think so. Twirl it, your was- finger.
1: Yeah. No, and, and it is the index finger, right? It is. It's not the middle finger. No, nope. index. I don't think the middle finger will get it done. I'll probably get a different response. From the referee, I'm guessing. Well, uh, yeah, but wait, what wait, 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 wait if a coach does twirl his middle finger? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think you're going to get a different response wait, from the referee. a
2: finger? Does it say index finger? It does say
1: index oh, finger. all right. Specifically index finger. <laughs> so your pinky's not going to work either. There, Gordon. Uh, if the challenge is successful, the team will keep its timeout. If not, the timeout will be used. Uh, the following calls can be challenged called fouls, goaltending, basket interference, and plays where the ball goes out of bounds. So when you say called fouls, any kind of foul? Called fouls. So hold that thought for a second. Let okay. me go through the rest right, of go, these. But, but repeat, that's, repeat that again. What are the situations? Called fouls, uh-huh. goaltending, basket right. interference, and plays where the ball goes out of bounds. Okay. Uh, there must be clear and conclusive visual evidence that the original call was incorrect. No calls will be allowed to be reviewed in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or in overtime. Why? Because, well, a lot of this stuff is automatically reviewed then, but probably to Ah, not mess up the end of the game. All right. I guess. Uh, The crew chief in the game will determine the final outcome of the challenges involving fouls uh, when the NBA... Uh, replay Center in Secaucus, New Jersey, will decide the other reviewable calls. So they're not going to Secaucus for this one? For the fouls, right. Mm-hmm. All technical and flagrant fouls that occur during or right after a call being challenged will stand regardless of the result of the challenge. So, so if you behave
2: po- yourself even if, even if it appears that the ref's screwed up.
1: Right. So if you get it to if you complain about a call, you get a technical foul, but then it turns out that you were right to complain, you still are keeping the technical foul.
2: So you can't twirl your thumb, you can't twirl your any of your fingers. You're really caught up on this, aren't you? I just, just the index finger. oh well, it's just funny to me. That seems like a sort of a funny and way and to signal it. You're giving me the bird right now. Thank you. Thank you. No, very no, much. I was it's just twirling my finger. I wasn't doing that. Uh but, but it's going to be the index finger. Uh, Doesn't have to be the right
1: or left hand. Does it matter? No, no I don't think it does. Uh, didn't uh, didn't Rick Mageris always used to point with his middle finger? Maybe I don't know. I've heard Britton talk about that.
2: So so I mean, who came up with the signal? Does it explain? okay. Can we move on past the signal no, no, for I mean, a second, well, yeah, please, yeah, okay, please? Can right. we can we talk about okay. whether or not called fouls? No, I'm just wondering when you get everybody together and say, okay, we're going to do this, and how are we going to signify it? How are you gonna signal or something? does this seem funny to me. Twirl a finger. I mean, who cares? I, what uh, uh, you know? Uh, rub your nose.
1: <laughs> who cares? <laughs> you just signal for well, it. You, what you, difference you know,
2: does it make? Do a Dumbo sign with your ears. You're killing me here. All right, all right. I just uh, stomp your foot, maybe. What 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 would be better? Twirling a finger,
1: I think it's absolutely the perfect signal they could have ever come up with. The thing about it is that, like, if you if you if you
2: if you're going to rub your nose, now, you might have an itchy nose, you know, and if you rub your nose, and, and that might send the wrong signal. I, I haven't seen really. I have seen coaches twirl twirl their fingers before, like hurry up the offense. So I mean, if the, if the ref blows his whistle because someone's saying hurry up the offense, go 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 then that would not be good. You don't want, uh, you don't want uncalled for, you know, interruptions. All right, so go ahead. Are are we done? Stomp are, your foot. Are we there? Is there anything better? No, we
1: were just can about we, to move on. Can, we're can moving I, on.
2: If any of our listeners, if any of you guys can think of of uh, a better way for a coach to signal he wants a review, then then tell us. I maybe think... maybe a, a hip thrust? I mean, you know, maybe
1: do the Charleston <laughs> I think the idea of how having called fouls be challengeable is a bad idea. Because I'll tell you this right now, it's a foul. It's a foul on every play. There is a foul on every play. Every time somebody goes to the hoop, it's a foul. And what is nice about having human beings as referees, as inept and corrupt as they often are, is that they can process that through their human brain and decide what is egregious enough to be a foul. Or not. If you if you called NBA games by the letter of the law, it would be it would they would last four hours. It would be the summer league. You bring up a good
2: point here because all this is going to prove is that the foul calls are often bad, right. Exactly, and, and that a coach needs more opportunities. He should have ten challenges.
1: No, he should have zero well, challenges. I know, I know, they just I go with how it's. But, but I mean, I
2: mean, it's going to it's going to reflect that. It's going to draw attention to the fact that the referees, a lot of times, don't know what they're doing, or they might know what they're doing, but they get the call wrong. How about the Hokey Pokey? Would that work? Okay, worse, you know, all
1: right. Spin around, you know, twist. Scotty, Scotty sent us a suggestion, by the way, on, on the text, what? just of, of what he thinks a, a proper signal could, could did, possibly did, what be. What did he say? Knowing Scotty, what do you, what do you think he suggested? I, I, I have no idea. Maybe like, uh, uh, like, uh, like a curly slap your face? Well, l- let me put it this way. A signal that would not only signal that you wanted a replay, but also your level of dissatisfaction with the call as it currently stands a grab a certain part of the body no oh. but but what what do you mean what put it put the pieces together pk is going to be on the show coming up next we'll talk to pk about a little bit of everything college football <laughs> i NBA. got your foul right here right here what the
0: hell just happened patrick
1: Canan joins us next <laughs> seven five and 1280 the zone